everyone. Welcome back to But Why the Podcast, the podcast where every week me, Kate, Adrian, and Matt talk about different things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Before we get started, we want to make sure you head on over to our social media pages at But Why Though PC on Twitter, Facebook.com slash But Why Though PC, and of course our Twitch channel where we stream video games and, you know, just have fun. Twitch.tv slash But Why Though PC. And if you're feeling a little generous and want to support us a little bit more, head on over to Patreon, where you get show extras, shows a couple of days earlies, as well as all the fun perks that you can find at patreon.com slash butwhythopc. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. It helps other people find us. And that's all I have. So enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of But Why the Podcast, and today we're talking about the real first Avenger, Janet Van Dyne, the Wasp. As always, I'm your host, Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And the biggest Wasp fan that I know, Ash. Hello. Ash, why don't you let everybody know what other podcast you're on and where they can find them? Um, so I'm the host of the Skyhoppers podcast, which is kind of just a general Star Wars discussion show. Um, Starships, which is all about romantic relationships in Star Wars, and I host the Safari Zone podcast, um, which is actually on the But Why Though website. And I uh, I write for the But Why Though website occasionally. She has amazing reviews, guys. She's one of our <laughs> lovely bloggers. <laughs> I just I'm I really like I'm really I'm really glad you got a kick out of the Jurassic World one because I wrote it at 3 a.m. and I was very angry and concerned about how it was going to come across. <laughs> This lifeless husk of a story is probably my favorite line from a review. I mean, I, it was great. Not wrong. Thank you. Well, she actually gave it credit and gave it a husk. Yeah. <laughs> I would have stopped it lifeless. <laughs> it's not even put story. Just said this is lifeless. There wasn't much there. Uh, so but yeah. it's about to break a billion dollars. Yep. And it's about to be three out of five. Because dino- really? dinosaurs, Matt. Because dinosaurs. It's less than 70 million away from a billion. Can you imagine that if the rock was in that, it? I know. That my pitch would make $3 billion then. That's yeah. they need they need to put the rock in the next Jurassic World movie. That's that's they how you solve all of these it. problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are they really having problems? They're still making a billion dollars with the husband. I mean, I mean, fat fast and furious and Jurassic Park are both universal, so like A. <gasps> yeah. Don't you- don't you put Fast and the Furious in the same as that movie. <laughs> 60% of all, 60% of all Jurassic Park movies make a billion dollars. Fast and Furious has heart. I don't know what I just watched. So. <laughs> Lifeless. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into it today. I shut the window. Get into looking at this audacity file because all my notes are gone. They're not your notes. I'm going to need them more than you will. I'm the one reading them. 
You are struggling. Okay. Okay. All right. So I will be leading us through this episode today. And our first question is, do you know who the Wasp is? And I guess, how much do you know about her? Matt? So obviously I knew, I know some about the Wasp and some of the background about her. Um, obviously I've seen the, the <clears throat> obviously I've seen her in a lot of the animations they did, even though she doesn't really play a big part and they kind of make her just kind of go pew pew. And she's kind of a little annoying to me, but which is weird. Cause I know from the history, if you read about her, it's a lot more than that, but that's all I know is pew pew <laughs> and I'm going to be whiny. Pew pew. She does, and her little little boat don't even. Do that is anything. her shtick. That is her shtick. Is the pew pew, and they don't really do anything. And they're just like, oh, you're trying so hard. I mean, that is usually <laughs> what they show in Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Is usually like somebody getting annoyed with the pew pew. Yeah, it's never like actually doing anything other than like trying to be a gnat. You mean a wasp? <laughs> Less than a wasp. <laughs> <Usually> a <gnat. laughs> Oh, this is off to a great which, start. Which is weird, considering, like, <laughs> that's how they show her, unfortunately, considering if you know all of her history, she seems no, to be Earth, a lot more than that. I mean, we could we could probably talk about this later, but Earth, Earth's Mightiest Heroes really, really does her dirty, unfortunately. I liked her in it. but I think she, I think she's good in it, but compared to the comic history, it's not even, you know, yeah, exactly. I was saying, compared to if you know any yeah. of the background history, like, this is awful. No, I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, so I know who the Wasp is. I like the Wasp a whole bunch. I ended up doing a lot of research on the Wasp after I watched Earth's Mightiest Heroes for like the second time, just to try to find out more. And then I was left aghast because I realized how much more she was than what that show showed. Um, but I will probably put in my own little takes on things as I go through the history. So I will go to Adrian. Um, I know like who... Like if someone would be like, "Hey, who's the Wasp?" and like I'd be able to tell you kind of like who she is, like the, like the name and you know the like connected relationships and stuff. But as far as like background um, knowledge and stuff, I really don't know that much at all, other than like what I've um, read from Ash and then like our conversations about um, the lack of the original Wasp in the MCU that we've talked about like in the past, kind of like just shooting the breeze. So that's really all I know. So I'm going to learn a lot today. Ash, the ringer. Do you know who the wasp is? Yeah, I know. Who, do you know? <laughs> I, uh, I know who the wasp is. I know more than I probably should about the wasp. Uh, the wasp is my favorite Marvel character. Definitely. I mean, probably my favorite superhero as well. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I know a lot about the wasp. I love the wasp. I've loved the wasp since I was eight years old and was Aww. introduced to her. So uh, she was the first female superhero I'd ever had exposure to uh, because That's I read really cool. my dad had these Avengers like black and white omnibuses and in that was Avengers number one. And I read that and I was like, there's a girl. <laughs> That's where my eight year old brain went. Um, and yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Wasp. I love her so much. That's really awesome. I mean, that's that's essentially the same reason why I like Storm's my favorite X-Men. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> That's awesome. I can't wait for I can't wait for all that information and love to flow through you as we move through here. Maybe a little anger as I get into how they've talked about her in the past. <laughs> okay. So starting in the beginning, as always, the Wasp, also known as Janet Van Dyne, is a fictional superhero appearing in the American comic books published by Marvel Comics. And I say comic books 
but she has never had a solo one. And I mean specifically Janet Van Dyne as the Wasp has never had a solo comic. Apparently Marvel is in the business of giving the mantle to anybody who's not Janet Van Dyne these days, unfortunately. So, sorry, I'm already coming across a little bitter. I oh, right. <laughs> we'll just give mantles away these days. We're just going to make but, up. Buckle up, friends. There's, there's going to be a lot of hurt in this episode um, just as we go through it. So I've, always, I've always said that like a prerequisite for being a fan of the Wasp is being prepared for a massive amount of disappointment. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I like her more. We should have her more. <laughs> We're getting real today. Get your tissues out. Um, so going beyond this, uh, she was created by Stan Lee, Ernie Hart, and Jack Kirby and appeared in Tales to Astonish number 44 all the way back in June of 1963. And she was initially introduced as Henry Hank Pym's Partner, becoming the wasp to avenge the death of her father, scientist Vernon Van Dyne. She co-starred in Tales to Astonish from issues number 44 all the way to issue number 69. Side note, and I did just bring it up that there is a current run of the wasp as a solo comic. That's not Janet Van Dyne, but it is instead Nadia Van Dyne. Marvel recently introduced this character is a younger heir to the to the wasp mantle and she's a long last daughter of hank and his first wife maria trovia and a product of the same soviet training facility as the black widow i don't know why her last name is van dyne though and it kind of um, throws me off so awful. her name her name is initially pym but okay. she so she didn't know who her father was and she came back and she found out her father was hank pym and that he was dead um and janet kind of takes her under her wing I um, mean, at the end of Unstoppable, it might not actually be at the end. It's in something. At the end, they there's like a scene where Nadia's like, you know, they asked me what my last name was for something. I can't remember. It's been a while. Um, and the only name I could think of was Van Dyne. And Janet's Aww. like, I couldn't be more honored that you would take my name. That's actually really heartwarming. Yeah, Janet is in that book, and she features somewhat prominently. But um, she as kind of she's not a main player. She's more of a mentor figure kind of, you know, helping Nadia into this new world and being, and taking up the Wasp mantle. Gotcha. Um, and then uh, for those of you who may be thinking about Hope, um, Hope Van Dyne right now from the MCU, um, that is not a character. There is Hope Pym. Very um, different character. Who is though. from a, a very different character in a What If universe. Um, I don't even remember those issues. She, uh, um, she is... She's a, a supervillain known as the Red Queen. So Hope Van Dyne and Hope Pym are very, very different characters. So. The more you know. This is why you're on this podcast. <laughs> it's a great use for all of this somewhat useless information I've stockpiled over the past, like, 15 years of my life. <laughs> I think that's what we've discovered with each episode of our podcast. Um... Okay, so who is she? I'm going to go into a little bit story, and so I'm going to do this a little bit different, a little bit differently than I've done some of our other breakdowns of characters. And in that, because I want you to get a real feel for who Janet Van Dyne is and who the Wasp is, and this is just because I feel like, as a whole, I'm going to say it right now: people don't give the Wasp the respect she deserves. Um, so I'm going to give you a nice little crash course in this. So Janet Van Dyne was born in Creskel, New Jersey, the socialite daughter of a wealthy scientist, Vernet Van Dyne. When her father is killed by an alien entity unleashed during one of his experiments, Janet turns his associate, Dr. Hank Pym, 
for aid and convinces him to help her. In order to avenge her father's death, she undergoes a biochemical procedure that grants her the ability to grow wings upon shrinking under four feet tall and use a supply of PIM particles by which to change her size. Together, she and Ant-Man defeat the alien and avenge her father. Janet decides to remain the Wasp and be Hank's partner as she has fallen in love with him. Though Hank initially rejects her feelings due to the similarities between her and his first wife that had been murdered. So, during her time as Hank's partner, she took part in numerous conflicts with villains who included the Porcupine, Egghead, and Whirlwind. Sounds like a wow. damn Sonic game. Um, the, the only high-class Marvel villains for the Wasp. <laughs> <laughs> Though initially, on the nose. <laughs> he he literally has an Egghead. Like that's yeah, just, that's his whole shtick. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Stanley created them. I'm gonna be honest. Oh yeah, no, they're just they're either they're either a Stan Lee invention that that he was just like, hey Jack, go nuts, figure it out. Like the villain's gonna be called Egghead, and Jack Kirby's like, I guess I'll give him an Egghead. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's better than Humpty Dumpty. He kind of looks like Humpty Dumpty. I won't oh lie. gosh, okay, I got images in my head. I gotta move past this. <laughs> So, though initially without any offensive powers, Janet proves to what? Whirlwind's known as the human top. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, DC has a top. Yeah, his name is literally like the top. Top. DC has Matter Eater Lad, who can just, that, that's his whole shtick. He can and eat. And Calendar Man. Calendar Man, yeah, let's, let us not forget Calendar Man. And Vertigo. Vertigo's yeah. not that bad. <laughs> Vertigo's a cool name, though, because, like, it might be on the nose, but at least, like, the name is so cool. So it's not, like, like it's not, Eggman, like, <laughs> like, Egghead, and, like, It's Hawk. not losing your balance, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, here comes Dizzy Man to <laughs> rob the bank. You're gonna, you're gonna piss off all the people that have Vertigo now. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I gave a very realistic explanation of what Vertigo is. You lose your balance, and it makes you sick. And your headaches, and that's why he's a villain because he makes people feel that. What does Egghead do then? What does a human top do? I don't know. I'm does asking. If, and if do I fall I, over left or right to make my decisions? If I remember correctly, Egghead just has an egghead. <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly, I might not smart. be. I I mean, kind of. I can't really remember to be totally honest with you, but I'm pretty sure he just has like an egghead and a ray gun or something, and likes to rob banks. And you're telling me Vertigo is, like, worse than that? <laughs> okay, Captain Cold. <laughs> Captain Cold's cooler than Egghead, because at yeah. least he's got tech. That's true. Still, so, don't act like DC doesn't have all of these terrible things. I'm not defending uh, DC. Yeah, yeah. Um, no superpowers, just a genius-level intellect, which has made him a formidable foe, is, Are like, you this picture? <laughs> So, I'm going to include this in the show notes. I found a picture of Egghead from the Batman. 60s Batman television show. Um, Y'all can go ahead and click that link in the Google chat. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, there is an Egghead in DC Comics as well. I bet he is having so much fun taking that photo shoot. <laughs> also Vincent Price, like number the one of the number one people in horror taking that joke. Oh, Ash can't hear you. No, we lost that. Ash can't hear you. So, like, so two major comic companies had this a similar idea for a premise and thought, yeah, the, the Egghead's a good enough concept just to push through. 
for, for two years. DZ's actually took pictures with an egg. So. Yeah, I won't hear anything about vertigo after what all I just <laughs> Okay, so we're going to put a pin in this and agree that golden to silver age comic book villains are atrocious and leave it at that. Sounds good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So, though initially without any offensive powers, Janet proves to be resourceful using her ability to communicate with insects to fight, as well as using a pin to poke people as a means of a weapon. Later, she uses a miniature air gun, and this is the original wasps thing. <laughs> you leave her alone, Matt. Okay. It's, 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 it's very important to, to point out when talking about Janet is that a lot of these early like a lot of the early stories are atrocious for Janet. She's pretty much only there to be Hank's girlfriend. But as, as time goes on, she completely sheds that mantle and becomes an amazing hero and in her own right. What, but these are from the miniature, miniature air gun to like an actual like air gun. Yes, Matt. If you let me get to the power <laughs> section of these show notes, I will tell you. It's just important to point out that like Wasp did not start out so great. <laughs> she didn't. But did any female ooh, character? Ooh, ooh. No, it's yeah. That's it's... me with the pen. <laughs> Give me the costume. I already got this down. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, let's move. Let's move into some powers. <laughs> also, I also like to contextualize this. This is her background and her story from when she first came on, and so this is sixties, um, which I mean, the sixties just weren't a great time for women in general. <laughs> Certainly not in comics. So, powers. Making use of her cell cellular implantation of subatomic pimp particles, the wasp possesses the power to alter physical size, causing her body's mass to be shunted to or gained from an alternate dimension known as cosmos. She is able to shrink to a minimum of several centimeters or grow to a maximum of several hundred feet. Smaller or larger sizes are parsable are possible, but the exertion puts a strain on her body. Initially, these abilities stem from the use to use PIM particle gas released from special capsules and later biomedical augmentation by Henry PIM. Um, over time, however, her body absorbs enough of these particles to cause a cellular mutation due to repeated exposure to the PIM particles, and this lets her change it at will without that assistance. One, the science in this in the 60s is actually pretty cool because it basically, for the 60s time frame, this is actually very advanced. I mean, yeah. And it's not like advanced where it'd be like completely off the wall. We would never think of anything or do anything like this. Fair. Um, so at a miniature size, her strength level increases as her body's mass is compacted. At giant size, her strength and endurance increase geometrically with her height, reaching superhuman levels. Despite the advantages of giant size, Janet usually prefers to remain the diminutive wasp, calling on her, calling on her own growth power only in times of extreme emergency. So at miniature size, the wasp grows a pair of translucent insect wings on her back, and this is a result of the genetic genetic modifications made by Hank Pym, and these grant her the power of flight. I said basically this is Larry describing Ant Man, but now we gave her wings. Yeah, they've re yeah. they've retconned they've retconned her power set yeah. a lot, and her. Yeah, I was like this is literally Ant Man's bio, but we gave her wings at the very end, so she's different. Yeah. 
Um, so the wasp genetic mutations also grant her the ability to sprout small prehensile antennae from her temples, which allowed her to telepathically communicate with and control insects. However, this inability that she rarely uses. So like, at least from what I'm understanding from here, she rarely uses things that make her so much like Ant-Man. <laughs> um, the wasp is able to harness and augment her body's natural bioelectric energy, releasing it from her hands in a powerful electrical first burst, which she first calls her stinger blasts, then stingers, and then wasp stings. Uh, originally, she requires special wrist devices for, to produce this, but again, pin particle absorption then allows her to do this unaided. Um, Van Dyne displays a special non-superhuman abilities that garner her special frame and attention, foremost of which is her fashion sense. I don't know why they put this as a power set. Um, in nearly all of her appearances, she sports a new <laughs> costume, presumably designed and manufactured on one of her own gifted fashion designer. Um, she's also a screenwriter. They were pretty bad looking costumes. A lot of them were pretty bad. <laughs> Powers fashionable AF. <laughs> yeah, that is that. You know what? A little later on down the line, her fashion sense and her and her her fashion designer career helps a lot with the X Men. Uh, kind of helping integrate integrate integrating that and trying to make them look cool and get the public to be on their side. Oh, so she, so she helps out the X Men by making cool clothes based off of the X Men. This is an Uncanny Avengers, which I can't recommend that you read because the rest no, of it is terrible. Yeah, I can't. But. Janet is in it for a little bit, and she uses, she kind of like, she's the Avengers PR person. So she designs all these cool clothes to help, you know, get the public on their side, which I always thought was a really cool direction to take with her character. Yeah. Can we get to the cool loss? Because this is pretty bad. Yeah, I will say this, though. <laughs> like this, like, real, so, like, when I was doing these notes, like, so I was just, like, putting together everything you could find about her powers into one area, and I had to include this because it's really cringy that superhero. Fashion sense is a superpower. It is her superpower. She loves it and she's very good at it. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, to degree, I can say fashion sense is a superpower, but I mean, the way you're reading this, there's some people that just have great fashion and it's definitely a power. I could agree there. It's when she uses it for good that it becomes part of her superpowers. <laughs> yeah. Now, if she was just trying to hit the club with her fashion sense, then we don't, it's, that's bad power. Only use your powers of fashion for good. Okay. <laughs> so the Wasp is also trained in unarmed combat by Captain America and in combat utilizing her special powers by Hank Pym. In addition, the Wasp is one of the most intuitive, if not deductive, members of the Avengers and is an experienced leader and strategist. See, that she part right there is what basically we know all this, but you don't get this other than whiny little girl that goes pew, 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 pew. Pretty much. Um, uh, so that's pretty much all of her background, so much as I'm going to tell you everything that I could find on her. Sadly, and I will say this, and this is one of the reasons why Ash is on here, if you're not a giant fan of the Wasp, you're not going to find a lot of stuff online, because there, there aren't it's giant, like, volumes dedicated to her, like there are Captain America, or Tony Stark, or even, you know, some of the other heroes that we've done in the past on the show. Yeah, I mean, Marvel tends to collect omnibuses for characters a lot of the time, so, like, you can get an essential Captain America omnibus, or essential Iron Man yep. thing. They've never done that with the Wasp, to my knowledge, I might be wrong, um, but... It's it's hard to find a place to start if you're interested in reading about the Wasp. Because, again, Janet Janet has never had a solo series. Um, and, and a lot of her stuff, like, her tenure as leader of the Avengers is, like, Avengers 217 to 275 or something like that. 
So it's it's very it's pretty difficult to find a place to like get the good Janet Van Dyne stories. And it's kind of hard to recommend it because you need to people because you need a lot of context for a lot of the other stuff that's going on. Um, so yeah, it can be pretty difficult to find a place to start. And then you have the MCU who makes you think that it's not Janet. Yeah, exactly. Which I love Evangeline Lilly and Hope. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I will, I'm always going to be a little bit bitter that it's not Janet, but I, so far from what I've seen, I love Evangeline Lilly as Hope. Yeah. So I think she's going to be a great wasp. Cool. So, but why those? The very first, but why though? What did you wasp? want to ask if Adrian oh, had any oh, questions? Oh, Adrian, about do you have history? any questions about the history? Uh, no. I just feel like um, MC lied to me and I don't know who this person is or if I've even like seen them in the movie. Now that I'm like trying to think back to Ant Man. She was an Ant Man very briefly. I refused to watch Ant Man, so Yeah, she it's, was in the flashback scene. Yeah. Is, is she is she like uh, Michelle Pfeiffer? Is that who Michelle that's Pfeiffer who is playing she's her. gonna be. Yeah. yeah. That's who's playing her, right? Okay, cool. I just want to make sure I got that that part. Correct. And I'm sure you will tell me all the other stuff here as we go through. Okay. So getting into the but why those. And I want to say the very first one is what I introduced the show with. Wasp, the first Avenger. So she's not really the first Avenger, but she is of the original Foundy Avengers, of which Cap is not. She named the Avengers. That's what I was going to bring up as I read through this. So I think that gives her the the title. Um, Way more deserving than Cap, by the way, but is what it is, like, Does MCU. she have America in her name? She doesn't. But you got America in your name. You can't speak. <laughs> That's what Twitter tells me. <laughs> okay, so let's go into why this is really important and what her being with the Avengers looks like. Um, so, like, as I said before, this episode is a little bit different. It is going to be really, really, like, story heavy and talking about her relationships with people and stuff like that just because i want you to understand how great she is um so she was a founding member of the avengers appearing in the first issue and giving the team its name as ash said excuse me it is with the avengers that janet became most well known at first she was the wink link of the team but later on she became one of the smartest and craftiest of its members though she takes elite leaves of absences throughout the series she is one of the longest active members and has acted as leader of the team for longer than any other member with the exception of captain america which is a giant accomplishment especially with how we talked about how much like tony stark has led the team in our iron man episode the wasp has led the team more than him um so just to contextualize that a little bit for everybody listening um, so we're going to go into a little bit about the storyline, specifically the Under Siege storyline. So during the storyline, Janet leads the team during a time when they're attacked from all sides, and she manages this. Um, so she defeats uh, uh, Titania and the Absorbing Man, then leads a team against Baron Zemo's forces to rescue Captain America then the Black Knight and the other team members who were also captured shortly after that. And the, the way this, the story resolves after she kind of like fights everybody off and like keeps a strategy to bring the win home. Um, she steps down from leadership and she nominates Monica Rambeau uh, for the position. And Monica, Monica Rambeau is from the uh, Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel area of Marvel. Go ahead. It's also important to point out that one of the first things she did when she was leader of the Avengers was nominate women to the team, more women. 
Um, there's a very awesome panel of her just going, I know what this team needs, more girls. And it's like, yes, Janet, it does need more girls. So she nominates Monica Rambeau uh, and She-Hulk to the team. That's really cool. Um, so after leaving the team, she battles the threat of Red Ronin by herself, and she later joins the West Coast Avengers. Initially, she acts as though the team leader to the chagrin of the other West Coast members, uh, West Coast Avengers who are desiring of that role. And during this time, she review, resumes a romantic relationship with Hank, although she is elected as a regular member of the Avengers West. Janet chooses to become a reserve member. Um, I so, will never take the West Coast Avengers serious because I feel like this is like part of the rap things. Something that's also really cool about Jan in this particular period is she essentially, um, she comes back to the team after uh, her divorce from Hank Pym Ant-Man. And she essentially goes up to Captain America, who's called an Avengers meeting. And she goes, you know what, Cap? I think this team new needs new leadership. And Cap's like, who do you think should lead? And she's like, me. And then everyone else is like, yeah, Jan, you can lead the team. Like, <laughs> and I just love that. I've always loved that since I was a kid. Like, she could just nominate herself. That's amazing. <laughs> And that's another thing that's really cool, because in the instances where she doesn't nominate herself, she usually nominates Cap as well. And then Cap is usually always nominating her. And they yeah. just have, like, this alternating leadership between each other, which, like, Cap is known, as we've talked about in our Captain America episode, as being one of the best leaders that the Avengers has ever had. Um, and the fact that he, that Wasp is on the same level as him and the same confidence as him is something that's really, really important, especially when it comes to characters, specifically women characters who a lot of the times end up getting played down or play in the backgrounds, not so much in the foregrounds of really stepping up and taking it, like you said. Yeah, like Cap really respects Jan, and that's one of the things that I've always really liked, even in like stuff as recent as Uncanny Avengers, Cap is like, Jan, I need you on this team to do this very specific job for me. So I've always really liked that friendship. And not so fun fact, because we tend to talk about Civil War in every episode that we do about comic characters. She is on the pro-registration side and suggests that they push forward the 50-state initiative. And during this period, she's also a pro-registration reality TV show host. So she's the Donald America's Trump of the pro-registration people. You shut your mouth, Matt. <laughs> what I just got out of that. Does she do any fashion stuff on her reality show? I mean, kind of. <laughs> this, this, is, this is this is something that i always uh, this just popped in my brain now so i'll say it now this is something i've always loved about the wasp the wasp is not your she's not black widow she's not she hulk she's not something like that she fully embraces her femininity like she can kick ass but she also likes pretty dresses and i've always loved that about her because she represents an often ignored demographic of women in comics and that's what even though that's nothing like myself personally i've always really liked that about her character yeah, she's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna defeat you, but I'm gonna look really good while doing it. <laughs> and I think that's something that's really important, especially like when you come out of like the strong female character tropes in the '80s and into more explicitly feminine characters. And now we're going back into trying to balance the idea that there are multiple, there are multiple types of femininity. There are multiple ways to be a woman, and the fact that we have Jan, who is like this, juxtaposed against other women on the teams that are more. Um, like painted as masculine or or like maybe not I don't know how to say this. It's just like there, it's, there, it's, there are some strong female characters that are written as men with boobs. And I'm not saying that that's what happens in Marvel all the time, but they usually just take a woman and write her as a dude because they want to make them strong instead of acknowledging the pieces of them that 
can be grounded in femininity and be balanced with that. Um, so it's a really good thing to see. I don't like how we're skipping over the fact that she's pro-registration here. <laughs> she she's a problem. As far as like her intentions. She was a rally in a TV show, a reality TV show host and stuff as, this. I will say this, and I am 100% biased, so keep that in mind. As far as her intentions <laughs> go, I find him a little bit more honorable than something like Tony Stark. She genuinely just wants to help, like, and then after Civil War, she starts this thing called the Initiative, where she takes in, um, like, young superheroes and starts training them. All the so ones her. that they nearly killed and destroyed? That. Uh, what, that said. <laughs> what that said. We've said it, it, it does, it does suck that she's pro-registration. <laughs> it's like, we've said it on the podcast before. There's pro-concentration camp. There's antitrust concentration camp. I know I put you all in a concentration camp, but now I'm here to help you. Oh God, this is so relevant. This is this is this is in the period of time when I think Jan was just being continually shoved down the gutter because in Avengers she like inadvertently causes Avengers disassembled. Like she she accidentally. Oh really? So in Avengers disassembled, Wanda Maximoff has uh, the Scarlet Witch has two kids, and it turns out that they're shards of a demon. It's a it's a really long story. Um. But Jan, she wait. They, are they, is that is that the storyline where they're her fake kids, and then she finds out that they're her fake kids, and then she no, that's that's a that's that's line. earlier. Yeah. Um. So what happens after that is she finds out her kids aren't real. Then Vision gets destroyed. If you don't know, Vision and Scarlet Witch have a, a long romantic history in the comics. Um. And they wipe her mind of the incident, so she never remembers that she had kids. Um. And Jan accidentally, while talking to Scarlet Witch, they're at like the Avengers compound, is talking about her like hookup with Hawkeye is the only way to describe it, and a pregnancy scare. And she accidentally lets it slip that uh, Wanda had kids. And that causes her to go insane and inadvertently causes Avengers Disassembled. So, is, is all I want to know. What is that? <laughs> I, need, I need all of this level of drama in the, in the MCU. <laughs> You're not going to get any of this. <laughs> no, I, I, hate, I do not like Avengers Disassembled for multiple reasons. But that's, that's the primary one. Because they just write Jan as like, whoopsie, I'm kind of drunk. You had kids. There you go. Like, <laughs> that, that was awful. Well, I mean, that's better than, whoopsie, I put you in an internment camp, but now I'm here to save you. <laughs> Can we just all agree that everybody made poor decisions in Civil War? Captain America didn't I mean, make poor okay, decisions. Okay, I made great decisions in Civil War. I don't even War. like Captain America, but I'm like, no, you're right, you're right here, Cap. Like, the comic book version of Civil War. A host of a pro-registration reality TV show. <laughs> This is what I meant when I said you have to be ready for a massive amount of disappointment when you fall in love with this character. Oh, I mean, it was great that you two took it and tried to run sideways with this real fast right around this. <laughs> I do have to say this, though. Like, coming back to this, whether it's the good or the bad, the fact is, is that Wasp is ingrained in the Avengers. She is not only a major part of the team, the Avengers are only Avengers because that's what she named it. And I think that that is something that is really sad that we don't have that in the MCU. And unfortunately, and it's not just her, it happens with a lot of characters who have kind of fallen by the wayside because of property rights and stuff like that. But we have people kind of writing over these legacies of other characters. Um, but we have the Ant-Man and the Lost coming out right now, and I'm going to just keep looking forward to to other things um but i just wanted to drive that point home that that's the but why though here is that no matter how much you don't know about her she's integral to the avengers they wouldn't exist without her ant-man either because they're the ones that suggest they become a team in the first place yep 
boom, mic drop. I get in your camp. <laughs> oh my god, Matt. All right, let's get on here. He's not gonna. He, he, he's not gonna. Every but why is gonna have a, a concentration camp. Uh, that is. Can we not talk? That's like way too relevant right now, and I kind of. <laughs> well, that's what I just asked this, and you guys totally ignored that reality. No, TV. You had. You have to admit, she chose the wrong side. But like, she didn't I, just choose the wrong side. She got a little She straight up said, I'm going to get my fashion sense, put my own TV show, and say, let's get in these camps together, guys. <laughs> You're not wrong, but like every fiber <laughs> of my being is going, no, that's not right, even though it's 100% accurate. <laughs> not even just like she aligned that way. She literally came out, we're going to throw a party for this side. Okay, so we're going to table <laughs> concentration camps. I apologize to anybody who's listening to this. Um, but sometimes you have to laugh at this stuff because of how dark the world is right now. So get over it. <laughs> I was on um, pro wasp. Now it's we can you have to bring me back now. Well, you're pro Tony Stark and he he like started the concentration camps. I don't know, according to this, she he, apparently he didn't do She was just leading <laughs> people to them. He started it. I mean, honestly, I'm, I imagine when they were writing Civil War, it was just like, who's going to be on Team Cap and who's going to be on Team Iron Man? Let's throw a dart at a board and send whoever. <laughs> so, tabling all of that and moving on to. Yeah, I don't like it's like the thing says Yeti microphone, but then like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Technology is not liking me today. It's just. All right. Th that's fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, yeah, this all goes into our next piece is where I really want to focus on the facts. And we've kind of been talking about it this entire time that the Wasp is a very powerful character in her her own right. But we do talk about the negatives on our podcast, which I think we've talked about a little bit about them as we've gone through this. Um, but she wasn't always that way. And she did come with some problems. So specifically, she is seen as being the smallest of the members. <laughs> no pun intended. But, um, <laughs> but like, she's not the most powerful. And she's seen as being the most underpowered member of the team. But that being said, in a, in all of her Avengers like fights, she's never just hanging back and like doing doing some recon or telling, giving you some tech things. No, she's usually in the thick of it. And that's because she's an extremely brave character. She's extremely outgoing. And when it comes down to it, she doesn't care if you're a Norse god or an alien, she's gonna fight you. And that's something that is like really, really admirable, um, especially for a character who isn't, you know, an actual Norse god. I think the, the thing I've always really liked about the Wasp is uh, she's, at the beginning, she's the one who has no business being there. She's just yeah. a socialite. She just has a crush on Hank Pym. But as time goes on, she grows into this amazing character who's a capable leader and compassionate friend and really is more born for the role of a superhero than Ant-Man ever was. So that's the thing. I hate to compare the two, but like Jan is the one that like, when you really start to see her going, it's like, no, you're the one who should be the, the leader of this team. Um, between Ant-Man and the Wasp or the one that gets the most recognition. Um, and yeah, it, it's always been something that's really cool to me because it, it, it was really just this example of like a person who really wanted to do something and then made that their reality. She wanted to be a superhero. She wasn't very good at it at first, but then she started working at it and working at it and then she became this amazing superhero. 
Yeah, and I think that's probably one of the biggest, but why those as well. And like the fact that you have this giant transition from the fact that she has a pretty low starting point. Like one of the reasons it was also really hard to get these notes together was because almost everything only has her paired with Hank. You don't get you don't get Wasp by herself. You don't get Janet by herself. And so it's constantly her being a piece of him. And you don't understand a lot of the depths of what she has, especially for the fact that she has divorced this man. But yet all of these posts online, it's always her and him. Yeah. Um, so it, it's something, it's like a shadow that she's constantly lived in regardless of it, but she's fought really hard to be out of it. And so when she first came around, she was really subservient to Hank. And like, she, they even had her go into that, like, I don't know what the name for it is, but like the tropey, like, I'm going to compliment all the men to make Hank jealous because I only want him to marry me. And that's all I care about. And so her storylines for the longest time were just her trying to convince Hank to marry her, even though Hank didn't want to marry her. Um, she does eventually get married to him. Um, and this leads us into our next but why, though, is the Wasp and Hank. Because unfortunately, as much as I would like to, we can't talk about her without him. We can't talk about the Wasp without Ant-Man, um, regardless of how great she's been a large part of her comic book arc and a large part of why she is important is because she's been able to break out of just being with him, even in comic book runs. Maybe not so much with how fans see it. Um, but so doing the research, uh, the they constantly define her with Hank. Um, and so it's it's yeah, there's a lot of cringe that happens when you're reading through it. But that being said, um, since we have the yellow jacket in the MCU um, in the first Ant-Man movie, um, we do have to talk a little... I do feel like it's important to kind of talk a little bit about that and how she plays into that. So the Wait, yellow jacket... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, well, she plays a pretty crucial role in what goes down there. Yes. You know, uh, yeah, and the yellow jacket in the MCU, like most things, is nothing like what happened with yellow jacket in the comics. No, not at all. So... <laughs> I'm gonna let you guys talk about this as I refuse to still watch Ant-Man. <laughs> okay, we'll get into that at the end of the section, Matt. Um, so, Yellow Jacket breaks into the Avengers mansion, demands to be admitted as a member of the team, and claims to have killed Hank Pym, and then he kidnaps Janet. Not believing that Yellow Jacket was Hank's killer, she attempts to find where Yellow Jacket is holding Hank, but instead determines that the Yellow Jacket is actually her boyfriend. Before revealing this, and during the period in which Yellow Jacket still believes himself to have killed Hank, Janet marries Hank, though the wedding is disrupted by an attack from the circus of crime. <laughs> and during that fight, it is revealed that Yellow Jacket is, in fact, Pym. And this, the reason Pym is Yellow Jacket and yet thinks he killed Hank is because he ends up suffering a schizophrenic break. Um, comics aren't spot on with mental health representations just go with it um but that's what they have him going through and essentially his personality splitting out into the the yellow jacket being separate from ant-man and um this is where it leads to probably one of the most powerful pieces of janet for me is the fact that she overcomes abuse from this period in hank's life um and in her life and how she's able to flourish outside of this and leave it so a lot of people actually think that this is one of the worst things that Marvel did specifically because no, like they've kept this running. Like nobody has really forgotten that Hank has done this stuff to Jan. Um, they've it's, never. It, 
for better or for worse, it has defined both of their characters and will continue to do that forever. Yep. You know, as they long as these characters are yeah. yeah, yeah, they could have changed all this. They could have done this. All this could have been a scroll, you know. Yeah, it could have been a side thing, but no, they literally said, this is what we want. This is what we're yeah. going to go with. Like Marvel double, doubled down on this interpretation of who Hank is multiple times. And then, which is um, why Disney's cowards. Yeah, because they won't actually address. Anyway, we'll get to that. Let me finish the section. Um, so essentially, Janet discovers that her husband is now paranoid, overbearing, and extremely verbally abusive. And he's con- he's concocted a plan to make himself look good in front of the Avengers by staging an attack that can only be stopped by that by the instigator. And when she attempts to dissuade him, he hits her. And she divorces him after that. And they and she ends up taking a brief break from the team. Um, and when Janet returns to the Avengers, she proposes that the team is in need of new leadership. And I believe this is exactly what you were talking about. Um, I almost called you Jan, Ash. <laughs> the highest um, compliment. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she nominates herself for a role of chairperson. And she ends up being elected to the position by Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America. And Janet takes the role naturally proving that she is an efficient, smart leader who is praised by Captain America for her leadership skills. Um, and this goes on to a lot of the other stuff that we've talked about. But the thing is, is that the a lot of Janet's success comes from breaking out of this terrible piece in her life this is- of a character. Um, and it, to me, is something that is amazing to see um, because she's not defined by that abuse. This is definitely my favorite era for Janet Van Dyne stories. Um, specifically, because exactly what you said, this is where she, like, she comes back to the Avengers after this horrible thing has happened to her, and she do- she doesn't let it consume her life. She moves on. She becomes an amazing leader of the Avengers. And it's it's awesome to see. I really love this specific period uh, in Janet's history. And it's one of those things, too, because, like, you end up with, like, Hank has, like, where the abuse hasn't defined Jan, Jan it has defined Hank. And like, that is something that Hank as a character that doesn't leave him. No. Um, and it shouldn't, cause he's an abuser. <laughs> no. um, do you know, do you know something actually pretty interesting about this? Uh, it, what apparently wasn't even supposed to happen. Apparently he, there was an artist and it was a young artist and he was given a description for the scene that he just flo- like throws his hand up in frustration and accidentally hits Jan. Mm-hmm. Um, but the artist was on a time crunch, so he had, and he didn't really know how to draw that, so he just drew it as Jan or uh, as Hank backhanding Han- or Jan. Sorry, <laughs> um, which is interesting. I think that like something that's that was an accident, wasn't intended to happen, and was just put through because of a deadline, has ended up defining these two characters. Yeah. yeah, because like in those panels, it doesn't seem like an accident. Like the no, way it's, it's written and the way it's drawn, because um, I think we've talked about it on the podcast before. Like Peter Parker, when he's dealing with the symbiote, like he has a similar incident where he pushes Mary Jane off him. Um, but the way that panel's drawn, it very much looks like an accident. Versus this, you have panels before of Hank being extremely verbally abusive to Janet, and then just straight up hitting her. Um, and Marvel hasn't stepped away from it which in a way is complex of marvel to do 
Um, but that being said, that is very much like Matt kind of mentioned why we don't have an MCU where the main characters for Ant-Man and Wasp are Hank and Janet, because they would have to address this because it is very well known that this is what happens between the two characters. You also don't want kids Googling Ant-Man and finding out, oh, he hit his wife. That's exactly what happened to me when I was a kid. You know, I was like, I, I just like Wikipedia page Janet Van Dyne when I was 12 and was like, oh, no, I didn't know about this because my dad purposely was like, you don't need to read those issues. It's fine. <laughs> like, just skip over this chunk right here. Yeah. Yeah it's, yeah. it's it's really unfortunate that the reason we don't have this fantastic character in the MCU is because of Hank Pym. Yeah. Like, that's the only reason. And I wouldn't even say that it's just because of Hank Pym. I would say that it is personally, and you even see it with, like, the whole, like, the stuff happening in the NFL. And, like, people don't want to talk about this stuff because it's hard. And people don't want to be reminded that this stuff happens because I really feel like you can do that. You can show that in a movie. You can show that type of stuff. The type of trauma that all these damn superheroes have gone through, you can talk about that. And if anything, maybe seeing something like that and seeing Janet shown as progressing her life past this and refusing to be defined by it, like that can inspire somebody. Somebody who's going through that in their own life. Somebody who maybe didn't have the strength to leave when they, you know, when it first happened. And they can see that and they can draw. Like, it's empowering to know that. Like, it's, un it's unfortunate that it, it this period of, of Janet being very empowered and stepping away from Ant-Man doesn't last that long. Because by the 90s, she's back together with him. Yeah. And it, it's, that's, there's a run by uh, Kurt Busiek in the 1990s, which was like them, I think it's Avengers, it's what's referred to as like Avengers version two. They, re they renumbered the Avengers. And I'm not a fan of this run at all, specifically because of what it does to Janet Van Dyne. She goes right back to being Hank Pym's girlfriend again. Um, and it's really unfortunate because it's like all that, those 10 years of progress stepping away from Hank Pym, it's just completely wiped away because they're like, eh, put them back together. Yeah. You know, they, they love each other and they don't address it hardly at all about what Hank crazy. did. Because yeah, everybody knows it. Well, I guess it's also another one of those things you can make the counter argument of how many different renditions are we getting of different characters? Yeah. And it's actually, a, I don't want to sound like a defender of Hank at this point, but like, if we can put this way, if I have to go deal with what they've done to like Spider-Man and some of these other characters, why does Hank have to live by this all the time? Yeah, no, I, 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 go ahead. I think it's because they've chosen not to ignore it. It's it's referenced yeah. a lot. Well, no, no, I know it's referenced yeah. a lot, and that's why I like it. Just sucks because Marvel, like we said before, doubled down on this yeah. and everything else. When that, it was, it's like if you mentioned the NFL. Well, that's actually real people. These are like yeah, yeah, characters yeah, no, no. in Marvel side. We're sticking with this. Well, yeah, no, but no. The but problem... the reason I say that is because like the argument against it is this is just entertainment. I don't need to hear about that. Well, stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. That no. that was my point with bringing that up. Yeah, the whole like, point I'm saying is is like Hank deals with this and lives with this, no matter how many different renditions we've made. But yeah. other characters, when people 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 complain they don't like this rendition, it's oh get over it. That's not your thing. But for Hank, he has to live by this rendition. Yeah, just to bring up Spider Man as a parallel because Adrian's brought him up before. Like I personally think that they revamped him from that point, and nobody ever really knows that when he's dealing with that issue, he has that moment with MJ. Um, yeah, which, well, that's what I'm saying. I They've redone Spider Man about a bunch of different times. We have to do through the mental changes yeah. and all this other stuff. But Hank has to live by this, no matter how many different renditions. Yeah, because you talked about a ten year period of like before they came back or doing anything. 
Sorry. I think maybe the difference is now that Spider-Man stuff, a lot of those crazy Spider-Man st stuff, like that story with Gwen Stacy where she got pregnant with Norman Osborn's kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the name of it. Or the one that where he killed MJ because of <sighs> exposure to Let's his... not talk about Spider-Man reign, please. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, we weren't go I wasn't going off that deep end. No, so. <laughs> but like, but the th I think the difference is they've, they've done those things and then ignored them and never mentioned them again. The yeah. difference with Hank is it's been continually brought up so they can't revamp it. Because... So they can't, at this point, and especially with the Ultimates, because the Ultimates interpretation of this is way worse. I don't know if yeah. you guys are familiar with that at all. Oh, like, he, he... oh God. Oh, like, I mean, the Wasp literally gets eaten by Blob in Ultimates. Like, it's the word, it, Ultimates is a hot mess of, of uh, in a lot of different respects. But the, the difference between, like, the 616 interpretation of it is, like, uh, Hank hits her across the face once he kicks the crap out of her in the ultimates and it's, yeah. it's really bad. It's really, really bad. Um, and I think, yeah, they've just, if they're, it'd be different if they like said Hank Pym was a scroll or something in secret invasion, yeah. but they never did well, that. And other characters, Oh, this person did really terrible shit. It was actually a scroll. And Hank would have been a perfect candidate for that, but they've chosen, they've made the proactive decision to keep this part of, of their story in continuity. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's gotten to the point now where you can't ignore it. Yeah. Which I think ultimately just leads to the question, like, is the reason that, like, we don't do that with, like, the revamping, like you said, is because they just don't think anybody really cares that much. Like, he, it's not a flagship character. It's not a character that they're banking on. So, like, why waste the time? Yeah, you know I, don't, what I, mean? I, I don't know. That's I also can't I can answer your of. question. I just know it just sucks because it one because he is a scientist and fascinated with the background of all other stuff and that's schizophrenic breakdowns or whatever we go through. Besides that, it's just literally like I have to deal with like seventeen versions of a character in total. Oh, just because you don't like this version, get over yeah. it. But yet, yet Hank. You no have a different what, Ant Man. You have Scott Lang. He's terrible. <laughs> but <laughs> you do have different versions of Ant Man. Well, I know. It's just well, not. You have, uh, you have. Oh gosh, what is his name? Irredeemable Ant-Man. What is his name? Oh my gosh. Uh, oh, Eric O'Grady. Sorry. Yeah, yeah Eric yeah, O'Grady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like peeps on Miss Marvel in the shower and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. There are worse Ant-Man out there. <laughs> well, I know, but what, but the point of my Why is, is Ant-Man always a skis ball? <laughs> I don't know. Part of that derp, uh, dartboard that they were throwing at, we have to find one character that every single time we're just going to make him crap. <laughs> But, I mean, I see everybody already hates Ant-Man anyway, so it's just like, whatever, make just, him a yeah. yeah. Which, like, I mean, like, and I, like, I totally understand what you're saying, Matt. Like, you're not defending Hank Pym or his actions. You're just saying, like, every other character in existence has ten different stories that they go by, and I yet mean, Marvel Reed Richard does this one. Reed Richards hit Susan Storm, and nobody ever talks yeah. about that anymore. Yeah. I really don't know why they decided to, I don't know. It's it's weird. Now, now that you mention it, it is pretty weird that they decided to hit that storyline as heavy as they did, especially considering that they done Ultimate similar is stuff in the past. Really bad. Ultimate like, is, it's, oh, it's... But we get Spider-Man. I think Ultimate's maybe, <laughs> I think Ultimate's is the, the reason that there's this perception around Hank Pym as being completely irredeemable. Yeah, I think that's what it is, too, because oh, I... Gosh, I it I, makes me hate Ultimate's even more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, like, I, I completely agree there. And the blob, like, there. literally eats the wasp alive. And that's when I was like, nope, it's done. I'm over with this universe. Goodbye. <laughs> God, Ultimate X-Men is also... X-Men is... <clears throat> it's so bad. Um, anyway. Spider-Man. Matt, no. <laughs> anyway. Spider-Man's good. Ultimate Spider-Man is very good. No. Please. He right. doesn't like Ultimate now, spider Now she's not allowed to come back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All of this to say is... 
Janet has a very empowering story coming out of this. Um, but it has weighed very heavy on what's been happening. And it, it is very much the reason why we don't have Janet Van Dyne as the main character wasp in the MCU or Hank Pym as even as like in the suit now, um, which sucks because I just personally think they could have dealt with it or yeah. maybe they will that MCU essentially erases every story before it and recanonizes different things and they could have just some, done something completely different. And like, as we're recording this, none of us have seen Ant-Man and the Wasp yet. Maybe they do touch on this. We don't yeah. know. They probably won't, but they probably. it All doesn't I matter whether they do or not. The fact that we're getting a made-up character in Hope and we've already gone through, Sk- through Scott Lane. Scott. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I understand what you're saying, but like still, like they, it is very like, in, in the first Ant-Man, Hope is estranged from her father, and, like, there's a lot of tension there, and there has to be a reason for it. Um, but out of that movie, Hope was better, the best character. It was, funnily enough, uh, as much as Ant-Man ticked me off with what they did with Janet, it actually made me realize that Janet was my favorite Marvel character. <laughs> because they kind of just explain that Janet saved everybody and went into the quantum realm, and she's not here anymore. And then, goodbye. And she was, that was the only time she was referenced in the movie. And that's, I've never been more mad about an MCU interpretation of anything. And that's uh-huh. when I was sitting there and thinking, I'm like, the Wasp is, I, I've never cared this much about any other character being, not Iron Man and the Mandarin, not, you know, whatever villain they've screwed up or, or hero they screwed up the backstory of. But I was so mad about what they did with Janet. Welcome and then, the rest of us. Yeah. And then, and then uh, when they announced that Michelle Pfeiffer was going to play Janet Van Dyne, I'd never been like happier about a superhero <laughs> casting. <laughs> I was like, okay, so I think Janet might be my favorite superhero. So two yeah. things out of that. One, I still don't fact, because they literally, like we said about redoing it, considering they butchered the entire Ultron storyline, which still bugs me. But- I, I just want to say here, I love the MCU's continuity. I love the story it has now, and it exists separately from everything that I have read and know about in other things. It is a different intellectual property, and I am fine with that. So I really, yeah. Ant-Man is actually one of my top movies from- Oh, oh me too. Despite what they do with the Wasp and Hope and Jan and whatever, I love Ant-Man. Nope. You butchered you... Ultron. <clears throat> but- That just doesn't like people messing I with think... the scientists. Those are his favorite well, what's your, what's... I mean, to, in complete fairness, adding Hank Pym to that movie isn't going to save it. Um, like, there's a lot more wrong with that movie than well, not having... Specific, no, no, he's no. specifically talking about the Ultron story. He's not talking about the movie. He's talking about the storyline uh, behind Ultron. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, think, yeah. I think in the MCU, it made more sense to have Tony Stark make Ultron, and that's fine. And, and like yeah. you said, Kate, it's a different continuity, a different thing, but they butcher Ultron real bad in that yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's just like, there's other stuff going on, like the, like the pacing of the movie's bad, like... Oh, no, I'm not trying to defend them. Or, well, I don't think the movie's bad at Dumpster Fire is what people say Same. it is. But, no, I don't like how basically Tony does get all this uh, creation for um, Ultron and how they have Tony make Ultron and all this other stuff going through. And they literally skip over Hank like he never existed between the Ant-Man and then moving into Ultron. And then it's all we get is like little line references of never trust a Stark is what Hank always said or some little reference of like, yeah, you completely can't really say that because you literally butchered and left all that out. Well, Ultron came out before Ant-Man did. Uh, I don't remember which one yeah, came it, out, it, but they're Ultron all... Ultron came out before Ant-Man did. Anyways. The... Well, they're pretty close, I thought. I think Ultron came out in, like, May and Ant-Man came out in July. Yeah, I, I thought, thought they were pretty I close. I the next... I thought they were came out in the same year. Well, they might have. I saw we didn't see it in theaters, but I watched the, like, director's features and stuff. 
Yeah, 2015. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm saying. They came out really close together. Yeah, and they did. Then, and then, like, to say to say that, like, oh, well, they're back and forth. Well, at this point, you know, Black Panther came, like, way before this, and they went, well, it doesn't matter about the order, per se. But, uh, oh, no, it's just funny because you talk about, like, not addressing things. And basically, all these people that we have, that they have these, uh, you know, like, these breaks or these snaps or whatever are all scientists and degrees. And then the way just the brain works and like some of the technology and stuff they do of what actually does. And then if you ever look at like knowing academia type or big time scientists of how they, what their work does and what it does to them overall in the setting, I don't think it's ever really, they don't ever get a full like exposure or like drawn out, I guess. That doesn't make sense. How? Exposure. Well, you're not giving the entire thought. Are you, yes. So you're saying that they, that the context that real scientists, if you Google a historical scholar, scientist, the stuff that they deal with isn't actually drawn out and their experience isn't in the characters yes. like it is in the comics. Yes. Okay. You sure. didn't draw all those lines. Well, I mean, Marvel Comics had a history of like a lot of these, like the Hulk is a result of a science experiment gone yes. wrong. Mm -hmm. Ant-Man is a scientist. I think it's a product of the Cold War era. Yes. Like, everybody was afraid of science <laughs> or like what science could do. And I think what's... You're right. In the MCU, they haven't really touched on that because they've kind of just equated science as being bad with Ultron. Like, you shouldn't try to advance. Like, Tony Stark has nothing but the best of intentions, but he's painted as kind of this idiot who doesn't know what he's doing because um, he wants to create something that makes the Avengers irrelevant and protects everybody for a Thanos or for another bad guy to come down the line somewhere in the future. Yeah. Hmm. I was just trying to package your thought. Oh, no. I just know a lot of scientists that crack. Yeah. No, I mean, I like you could listen to like Radio Lab, the podcast, and you'll find out about a whole bunch of really sad scientist stories. Basically, every science life, scientist life, it's some way tragic. I wouldn't say every, but like the big ones. <laughs> Majority of the them. big ones. <laughs> I still think there's a lot more tragic ones <laughs> compared to other things. Well, I just wouldn't say every for anything. Cool. I mean, if you want to get plus, you're just making now. it sound like every every scientist hits their wife. I'll say every scientist's wife. That's what you guys said. <laughs> like, that's essentially what you're saying. That's not what I said, but that's okay if you want to take it that way. Sushay, everybody has a break. And we're talking about that. Well, literally every description of the conversation within here, you literally described a scientist. Described From, Hank Pym. You, yeah, and then she brought up <laughs> Reed Richards. And then somebody brought up Peter Parker. All three are scientists. Wait, Peter Parker's a scientist? Yeah, well, at this point, I mean, yeah. in the current run... No. No, but, but yeah. most, most of slots run he's yeah. Yeah. but no, I, I think I think honestly too, like like you said, like a lot of the science stuff ends up coming from like this. We're gonna experiment on ourselves and make really bad things happen to our brains and yes. cause psychotic breaks as a person. <laughs> so like of course they have these things. It doesn't make it right. No, like, I'm not saying it makes it Pim, right. Pim but... kicking the crap out of Janet in Ultimates is not there's okay. There's also something um, about Janet and Ultimates kind of changing the, the direction um, and what apparently Janet is going to be an Ant-Man and the Wasp is that Janet is a scientist, uh, which I hate. <laughs> um, Wait, you hate her as a scientist? Why? Oh, yeah. Well, because I've always liked the idea that Jan was the Avenger that had no business being there, but through her ingenuity and her craftiness, she she earned her spot on the team and she earned her spot to lead the team. And, yes. you know, she kind of became a superhero by accident. And because she wanted to avenge the, the death of her father and she just happened to know Hank Pym and Hank Pym could give her the ability to do that. 
I, I prefer fashion designer Janet over scientist Janet any day. See, she loses her fashion power. <laughs> I prefer scientist Janet just because more women need to get involved in STEM. I love that Hope is a scientist. Yeah, that is true. But I just I'm think with Ash on this one. I just think that Janet has never been the smartest person in the room, and that's always been really I don't know. That's always been a, a trait that I really liked about her and yeah. liked about her writing was she didn't have to be the super genius who designed the suit. She just uses the suit really effectively. Yeah. Well, I mean that, that's Scott of, Lang now, so I don't think. <laughs> which also leads to basically, which makes her relationship with Cap a lot more interesting because that's probably there. That's has. what Cap is. Yeah. Yes. That, and Cap that isn't the smartest. So now, when you her. give her this whole thing, then basically her relation with Cap is basically diluted per se, and then yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You're kind of taking away what's special and distinct yes. about Janet. Yeah. Okay, I see that. She can come back on. Point taken. <laughs> okay, cool. So we've talked a lot about this. Uh, let's go ahead and move to our last pieces. Uh, specifically, that she is like the most slept on superhero. One of the most slept on, and it's not okay. Yeah. There's so much that you should know about her, and hopefully this podcast has at least... What your appetite for getting to know more about the Wasp and more about Janet. Actually, before we move on, Adrian, do you like you've been really quiet throughout this entire thing? Are you still here? Uh yeah, I'm still here. I just know um time is always uh not our strongest suit. And I'm just listening to the conversations and digesting to see uh whose side I'm on in these conversations. <laughs> uh, all I've the biggest thing I've gotten out of this is that the Wasp's character is very complicated, and I don't know if I'll ever know, like, the actual Wasp since there's no... Uh, well, one, I just don't want to go back and read a whole bunch of comics about a specific <laughs> character. Uh, essentially, since you said that, like, it's hard to get her, like, on her own, and then you guys haven't painted the uh, animated version of her in the best light either. So I think <laughs> that I'm just going to live vicariously through Ash's um, pieces on our website, uh, <laughs> and picture, you know, this amazing character that I'll probably never get to see on the big screen, at least like in the next, in this version of like Marvel. Yeah, I will say that Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, the interpretation is pretty great. I love Jan in that show. They just, it's it's not the comic interpretation. It's just not as good as that. And it's not as complex, but it is yeah, still, yeah. it's a fantastic show overall. And it's only two seasons. So anybody should go watch it. But, yes. you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard to justify it. And this, I'm going to have this problem with Ant-Man and the Wasp too. I almost guarantee it's hard to justify because I love this character so much and have for a lot of my life seeing something that's not quite right. It was like the Doctor Strange movie for me because I'm a huge Doctor Strange fan. Like the Doctor Strange movie is fine, but it was never going to satisfy me because I'm, gotcha. you know. Basically, basically what I'm trying to say is Ash ruined me for the Wasp character in any form other than the comics. Oh no. Uh, is, is what I'm getting out of this. <laughs> Uh, I also just want everybody to know that Matt now calls Benedict Cumberbatch a bay. So it was such a sad movie. And I knew it was going to be sad, and I had to watch it. And it was going to be so sad. Uh, yeah. So if you haven't listened to it, or you're not our patron, uh, our Patreon exclusive review of the Imitation Game, Matt says I had to watch Bay die. Um, <laughs> that's where that comes. My from. me, uh, me and my sister exclusively refer to him as Benedict Cumberbatch now. <laughs> oh. Oh, it was a joke that started like five years ago and it just, That's it funny. stuck. It stuck. Oh, uh, okay. 
So, uh, yeah, so she is the most slept on. She is the 99th most popular superhero, according to IGN. Um, and Does that Marvel... really mean anything? No, it doesn't. Already at that? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, Marvel... I think it means something, because there's hundreds and hundreds of superheroes that we talk about that are never going to get mentioned on that list. I think it's, I think it's good. I bet she could not higher she on could, the rank of most popular villains than she is. See, like, I put it this way, like, she could not be on the list. Yeah. Yeah, she but at be, this like, point, at 99, who's, who have they left out off the list? A lot. There are a whole bunch of really crappy I'm just saying, like, well, I know, just, I don't... just based based on, like, everything we've talked about, like, how slept on she is, like, to still make that top 100 list without being, like, a household name, I think is still pretty, still pretty good. Yeah, and it's not just Marvel superheroes. It is all superheroes, including yeah, that, that makes it even been... imprints. No, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, stuff. that makes it even better, then. Yeah. Now, Marvel specifically ranked her as the fifth greatest Avenger of all time. Um, I mean, that's that's fairly solid. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I, ju I just think people tend to forget that she's one been on the team longer than Cap and led the team longer than anybody except Cap. Which, when I tell people that, it's always like, "What, really? Like <laughs> the Wasp?" You know. But yeah, she's an awesome so. Avenger. <laughs> Um, and so if you get down into it, if you're listening to this and you don't want to go read a whole bunch of comics, um, and I have some of the material that she's in, so she is in, like, a bit of external media, but not anywhere near as much as the other characters that we've talked about. Well, she's probably in more than Jessica Jones, except she doesn't have her own show, so I guess maybe not. Um, Jessica Jones also came around in 2001. Yeah, true. <laughs> So if you take how long she's been around, uh, this is really a really slim list, but she's in Marvel Superheroes, The Avengers United They Stand, The Superhero Squad Show, The Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, The Eternals Motion Comic, and Marvel Disc, War Marvel Disc Wars, which is The Avengers anime put out in Japan. Um, she was in Ultimate Avengers and Ultimate Avengers 2, which were straight to DVD or straight to stream, um, animated movies. And fun fact, she was actually supposed to be in the Avengers 2012 film and ended up being written out. So, almost had her. Um, do we know why? You do we know? Like, I think the, it was the, the I think it was the complicated power set and the special yeah. effects. And like, hey, let's introduce these new characters named Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is kind of a hard sell yeah. for like, I mean, just Make look sense. at the Ant-Man movie, you know? Yeah. But there is a version of it where they're both in it and written into it. Um, and then they cut out, cut them out. So. Release the Snyder Cut. <laughs> actually, I don't Ant-Man and the Wasp are in it. <laughs> I don't actually know if I want Joss Whedon writing Janet. So maybe it was a blessing in disguise. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, okay, so video game. She's a non-playable character in Captain America and the Avengers. She's in Marvel Superhero Squad Online, Marvel Avengers Alliance, Lego Marvel Superheroes. She's also a non-playable character in Disney Infinity 2.0. Time out. She's a non-playable character. Isn't there a, like almost every character playable in that thing? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Ash is just looking like trying not to say. We anything. said she was done dirty. <laughs> Like, um, yeah, but everybody was playable in that thing. Yep. <laughs> is a team-up character in Marvel Heroes. She's in Lego Marvel's Avengers, Marvel Future Fight, Marvel's Avengers Academy, where she's an aged-down Janet. She um, actually has a really prominent role in that game as well. Like, oh, I, okay. 
I can't stand that game, but I played it for the Janet stuff. <laughs> I was like, all I know is I can't even barely recognize any of these games, so they're obviously not the top two. All games. of these are extremely new, and some of them are on mobile. Yeah, I was like, these got to be Avengers like the Academy mobile is a mobile game, yeah. Yeah, I was like, these yeah. got to be the mobile games. And they then, don't look that great. And then Lego Marvel Superheroes 2. Um, and then this brings us into the MCU Wasp. So uh, the MCU Wasp is Hope Van Dyne, and she's connected to the Janet Van Dyne of the comics. Um, she is the daughter of Hank and Janet, choosing to take her mother's surname after becoming estranged from Hank in the MCU. Um, Hank and Janet were also active as the Ant-Man and the Wasp in the 70s until Janet became lost in the microverse, which is what they call it in the comics, um, but they call it the quantum realm in um, the MCU. And we will be getting, as you've said multiple times already, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer as the Wasp, as Janet Van Dyne in this new Ant-Man and the Wasp new, eh, Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. And uh, this is where she's saved from being trapped in the microverse, i.e. quantum realm. And this is a nod to Secret Invasion when Janet is assumed to be dead, um, but she was actually inside the microverse. Um, that's pretty much it. Hope Van Dyne, personally, like if I talk for hopes, I'm really excited. Hope Van Dyne has the best female character, like, suit that I've ever seen in anything. And that suit, to me, is also better than a lot of the dude suits. It just looks really badass. Did, um, did you see that wonderful video of Evangeline Lilly, like, dragging all the male Marvel superheroes for complaining about their suits? I did. That was amazing. <laughs> Um, and Angeline Lily got Evangeline Lily got super buff, and like Hope is a really great character from the first movie. Like she actually teaches Scott how to fight. Like the entire Ant Man movie, they don't shun away from showing the fact that Hope should be the one in that suit and not Scott. Um, which made me mad watching it because I was like, I hate you, Hank. Just put her in the damn suit. But then again, I understand. I understood why they went in that direction, and like the conversation between her and Scott in the car when they're talking about. It, I'm like, okay, that. It's, it's not going to fix it, but that does make sense. None of it fixes no. it. It makes me mad. But now we're getting her as a wasp, and I feel like they've realized it. And the cool thing is, is having her paired up just from, like, the trailer and, like, them talking. Like, Paul Rudd is that character who is totally cool with somebody else shining. Um, and he, like, put he like moves that spotlight on him. So, like, Paul he's Rudd a really just good smokes counter. a blunt and hangs out all movie Exactly. Long. And he'll push that spotlight on Evangeline Lilly while he, he smokes more blunts. He does not care what's going on. <laughs> Have you seen a Paul Rudd movie? Yeah. No, I really like that they've they've framed it as like hope is the way more competent one in this situation. But I think they're gonna kind of in the movie they're gonna kind of need each other to bring out different aspects. Hopefully, yeah. so it'll no, be no, it'll I, be a yeah. like a part like an actual like legitimate partnership. Well, see, and that I I know that's gonna happen. That's what I'm happy about. But at the same time, I really like that the way they pointed out in the first Ant Man and kind of like how they've made it in the trailers. Like she's far like she's just more important. And I think that's really cool. Like, they yeah. haven't kind of pushed her to the side, um, which happens a lot when you bring in, like, a female character who isn't the lead. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that end credit scene in Ant-Man, like, made me very excited and ticked me off at the same time. Because I'm like, really, the last five minutes of the movie, we're going to, in, in, in an end credit scene, we're going to see a wasp suit, but she's not going to be in the movie. Okay, all right. <laughs> but I'm... I am happy that Ant-Man and the Wasp is a thing because Ant-Man wasn't the, I mean, it didn't perform as well as most Marvel movies do. So they yeah. didn't make a sequel, but I'm very happy that they did. So we can yeah. get this character expanded on. Yeah, and I think this is a movie, like when you look at predictions, it's not predicted to do well. Um, like Marvel well. Yeah, I but mean, it's, it's going to be an Ant-Man movie, so. I mean, it's opening weekend is like 25 million more than it's 
2015 opening weekend. So, I mean, that's something. That's in a, yeah. you know, that's inflation. Know. <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, three, three year inflation. At this point, with the look at the way how fast it's growing and stuff, um, it's probably pretty, pretty close. I honestly. mean, my pizza is like $13 now, and it was $10 when this movie came out. <laughs> I mean, it'd probably be pretty close, honestly, for only $25 million. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully it, do- hopefully it does really well. I hope it does well. Because I want to see more stuff like this, this kind of off the wall. Like, like my understanding is it's a romantic comedy. No, they walked back on that. Did they? Okay. They walked right. back on that about like five months ago. Okay. Thankfully. All right. Yeah, no, I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy about that. I, I, but I do, I do know that there's probably going to be some kind of romantic element in it. Cause you know, it's an MCU yeah. movie and they can't get away with that apparently. Um, or get, yeah. can't get away without that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like. I, if it gives me as a good time as Ragnarok did, I'm going to be happy. And if they just make Evangeline Lilly kick some major ass, I'm going to be happy as well. Yeah. And like, even though, even though it's, it's like, I'm a little bitter about the fact that it's not Jan and I'll always, and I always will be because Jan, like I said, is my favorite superhero. I am still very excited to see this different interpretation of the Wasp because it'll, it's like, no matter what it does, it'll get more people into a version of the Wasp. And hope, and maybe there'll be an eight-year-old kid who falls in love with the Wasp, just like I did when I was reading comics back in the day. So, you know, I, I'm i still excited to see what they're going to do with the character. I just really hope they don't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's about it. You guys have anything? Any questions? Any thoughts? On I do have one question, by the way, because you both brought it up that basically, obviously, with the Wasp, but you'd like to especially when we talked about how basically Disney cowered out of this whole thing. But then you talked about how, like, you said that your dad specifically told you not to read these comics or do whatever at this point. But then you brought up the fact that people just don't want to have these conversations. And so it's kind of a point of, like, like, at what point do we cross the line of, like, maybe they should read these comics and then have these discussions so you My- can learn at an age? Or are we totally skipping this stuff? But then we can't really argue that we're not having these conversations. I should clarify that my dad didn't want me to read those comics when I was eight years old. Like when I was like ten, he was like, "Go nuts!" But like I was, I was a young kid when he was like, "Don't read these comics." That's why I was asking for more clarification on that. That's why. I think personally, like the culture of silence around like abuse and like interpersonal violence is one of the reasons why it keeps happening, um, and why a lot of people don't feel comfortable like coming forward when it happens to them. So, like, I think that when you, like, talk about it and show ramifications for it, like, I just think you chat. But then again, like, I also had a household where, like, my mom didn't shy away from showing me a lot of stuff. Like, they're having those types of talks. Um, so, but I also went to a Catholic school during that whole, like, Catholic priest thing. So my mom had to have some pretty bad conversations with me at the time. Not bad, but, like, it, but yeah, no, that, and I guess, too, just, like, I mean, like, my mom's had, like, what to do if somebody calls you a racial slur when I was in yeah. first grade. So like there are kids who grow up having to have those really hard conversations already with different parts of their life. I think making it known that these things aren't okay like that early and like showing it and like, like I, I, I just, I, yeah, I think people should talk about it. Yeah, no, that's what I was wondering. I, I, think, I, think, I think they should talk about it, but I also think that like Marvel just doesn't want to deal with it because yeah. – the people are crazy, like like in X Men Apocalypse, where uh, Mystique is getting um, choked by Apocalypse. Yeah. Like that spewed so much like um, anti women violence stuff. So if you, if you put it something in there that's like explicitly like domestic abuse, I can just imagine like the ramifications yeah. of that. 
And like how Disney's just like, let maybe I don't want to deal with that. I, I, here's I here's Paul Rudd. Disney point, but I just don't here's think Paul sure. Rudd in a fun comedy movie with yeah. you know a heist I, movie. Yeah, so. I think it's really important to talk about because I can talk from my personal experience as somebody who who had never seen that, was never around it, had never really experienced it. When I saw stuff like Jessica Jones, when I read Alias and this stuff with the Wasp, it helped me learn how to empathize with that because it was my first exposure to stuff like that because yeah. I'd, I'd never seen it before. And I think it's really important that people have that as kind of, even if they're not going through it themselves, they have that as like an example to go, okay, this is, I'm, I, I can get a little bit more empathy for the situation because this character that I love so much is going through it. And that's, that's what happened with me a lot of the times with comic books, reading X-Men books and, get, and completely changing my worldview and, the, and like I said, Alias and the Wasp and stuff like that. So yeah. I think it's I really mean- important to add. Yeah, and I think that's a really good piece of the conversation, too, because, like, not only is it important for people who, like, like personally with my own background, like, gone through some of this dark stuff, like, I've, I've brought it up on the Jessica Jones episode and stuff like that, like, it, like, it's good to, like, be seen in that way and see people overcome and, like, know that there is something after and you can be a hero after and you can succeed after. Um, but I also think it's, like, like you said, like, it's really important, like, the reason the conversation needs to be open is because, we need people to talk to and we need people to advocate for like if you've been in a situation like that you need people to advocate for you and you need people to understand you and have that empathy that being said i totally get what adrian's saying like oh you have a bad guy who wants to kill everybody holding mystique that's like it's yeah that's too far in my opinion um and i also think that like i do hold on what's too far in your opinion Like saying that that's that that's 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 violence against okay, women, okay, and okay, it's okay, promoting okay, okay, violence okay. against women when it's literally a supervillain, yeah, fighting a oh, used to be supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, apocalypse is about as supervillain as you can get. I exactly, think. like superheroes fight each other. That's what it is. It's like that Deadpool line: "Do I hit you? Is it sexist if I hit you, or is it sexist if I don't hit you?" Like. <laughs> And I think that that is just really relevant. Um, that being said, I can understand having a mistrust to a company like Disney or anybody else who does just think about money. Because like you said, Adrian, they don't want to deal with the blowback, which a lot of the times means they may not give this storyline the attention it deserves or execute it well. Um, because Yeah, I mean, I think I think another big part of it, too, of maybe, like, maybe we'll get it, like, in, in the future. But if they're doing, like, the whole secret invasion thing, like starting with Hank Pym would have like made that they would have to like go back in time and do that and to introduce Ant-Man that way would have been hard. So like, I just think like logically in like the timeline of these movies, starting with Scott Lang just makes the most sense to me. And if they want to go back and do any of that stuff and kind of like the stuff that they're looking at, like they're going to do for, you know, phase four, then they can go back and do it. But starting with it just seems like a lot to do with all of the blowback that's definitely would have happened if they would have went, you know, full comic book Hank Pym, uh, you know, slapping people up. Cause I mean, like it, it's not out. Like, and that's not, and that's not going to sell. And that's not going to sell toys either. Like, Hey mom, yeah. buy me the toy of the guy who yeah. slapped his wife. Like, it's just not going to happen. So Mark, yeah. Disney, I, I, I can see why they didn't go that way. Yeah. I mean, I do think like timeline wise, like they, they could have made Hank Pym the exact oh, same age as Tony Shark as Tony Stark. Cause that's kind of how it is. But uh, yeah, like it, it's just, it's, it's a nightmare for Disney. Like, you no, know, I, I completely understand why they stepped away from it. I mean, if I was in their shoes, I probably would too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just unfortunate for Janet specifically, I think. 
and because I'm such a big yeah, character, I'm naturally yeah, that's, that's, about this, but you know, yeah, and that's where it all comes back to, right? Like, like how Matt said earlier, like the reason why we, or like why you, got, I don't know who who says specifically, but the whole reason why we don't have her is just because Hank Pym's like an asshole. Pretty yeah, much, uh, that was Ash. Which is, yeah, <laughs> I think it's been like a consensus. I think it's everybody actually. Yeah, I was like, appreciate yeah, so like, consensus <laughs> why I don't watch Ant Man in first place, but still, it's yeah. good, man. It is. Paul Rudd's really awesome in the that. movie. It's so they good. They were cowards. It's really good. They were cowards. Is it cowardly to like want money? I'm like to not do it. It's like, that, it's like the same no, reason the fact, like they I didn't mean, put epilepsy warnings have, in Incredibles two. Like we had this conversation yeah. before. Like they're gonna do whatever makes the most money. Yeah. Well, and like it's the easiest thing to do. No, the only reason I say it's cowardly is kind of like what we talked about like a little earlier. Of Marvel and everybody else has doubled down on this character. And they keep bringing it back up, and they keep bringing it back up. And this like happened like thirty plus years ago, and they still we're gonna hold this character to this type of thing. Except for now, all of a sudden we have a movie, and we're gonna like, oh, this never happened. But so you've doubled like, down so many times on this. So your problem with it is that like Marvel as a company kept going back yeah. to it over and over if this again. This would have been a rendition, can... and then they changed it, and like it never happened again, or like you said, a scroll, and it never happens again, and then they go away. That's fine. But the yeah. fact that Marvel said, nah. We want him to be this. We want him known as this. And this is what he is, no matter for all of these 40, 50 plus years. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, now we're making lots of money. He, he doesn't, no, 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 no. Like, no, you double down. You you made your bed 50 yeah. years of this. Yeah. Which, I mean, and we'll see what happens when we watch Ant Man and the Wasp when yeah. it comes to like the dynamic between uh, MCU Janet and MCU Hank. Um, yeah. No. If it's been like, like a side thing or like a re- one one rendition or one yeah. run or something like that and off and whatever and they did yeah. something else, I, fine. But I like, will say this though, like as much as I do think that like they should have addressed it or like brought it forward, I don't know if a movie may have been the best thing because it did take 13 episodes of Jessica Jones to execute that storyline dealing with that trauma. Especially yeah. because Ant-Man is marketed as a comedy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like, they would have had to have changed everything. Yeah. And and I guess, too, it's one of those, like, either you put it in and you talk about it or you do it in another property and give it the time that it deserves and you I'm, do it right and actually open up that conversation. I mean, really, they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. Yeah, pretty much. Situation, you know? Yeah. Like, if, if they put it in there, which they chose not to, which is fine, you're going to have people like me who are going to be angry about it. But if they did, it's going to be like, why is this in a comedy? Like what, yeah. what? Like the MCU didn't. You're gonna get people like that on that end of the spectrum. Yeah. Well, I mean, so we're I t- still getting that with just different things, anyways. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It it it's a thing that happened. They gave us Paul Rudd as Ant Man. I'm happy with that because Paul Rudd is great. Like oh, Paul he's Rudd. such a good Scott Lang. <laughs> he's in a really. And I never used to like Scott Lang, and then I watched Paul Rudd, and I like Scott Lang. You really like Scott my Lang? Only, my well, only. My only exposure like to Scott Lang. My only exposure to Scott Lang before Ant Man was Alias, where he's kind of a tool. So <laughs> he's a real tool. Um, but yeah. Okay, let's wrap this okay. up. So uh, I do want to do a. We have one, uh, but why though? A fan, but why though? From Jason at Flatter You on Twitter. Uh, he is one of our patrons. Thank you so much. Hope you're for doing well, Jason. Jason. You kind of went in incognito mode. I hope you're doing good. And he says, the Wasp came around only a few issues after Ant-Man even started in 1963. She was treated like less than an equal by by Pym, but you know he was basically acting with, he was basically nothing without her. She also named the Avengers, so like, bow down to her majesty. (laughs) Yep. So, thank you for that, but why though? Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I think this has been a really good conversation. I really want to hear from, I guess, Adrian and Matt since, uh, and then, of course, Ash can close this out with her, but why, though? Um, Just because I think I've talked enough this episode. I'll go first, Matt. 
Is that okay? All right, I'm gonna go then. Um, I think for me, uh, I mean, it's just really hard because like I don't have like the same connection and love for the characters Ash and Kate do. So I don't know if my final thoughts are gonna like gonna encapsulate everything that we've talked about in this episode. But uh, she seems like she's a dope character, and I, I share your frustration. Well, not like directly, but like I can see how <laughs> frustrated y'all are with not having a character like this, which I think having that exact like comic book character in the MCU would definitely give a new like element to the you know MCU cast that we have now. Um yeah I I, I don't know. She she's seems like she's super dope. I hope the Ant Man and Wasp movie's good because I like Ant Man. Um and I love uh Emily and Evangeline. Yeah Evangeline Lily um for like ever. So I hope the movie's dope and I don't know, maybe we'll get some of the stuff that we want from like the Hank Pym and then Janet storyline somewhere down the line, maybe, hopefully, when like they make enough money and they start to take more chances. But uh, I think as it stands, like I'm okay with where like I hope this is like like Ash was mentioning, I hope like this is the wasp that I can kind of like get attached to and want to learn more about in the future, even though it's kind of like a pseudo made up character kind of. <laughs> I think that was awesome. Do you? I do. That awesome. was a very nice ad. He sounded very nervous presenting it. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't want to disappoint Ash with my uh, my closing <laughs> about her favorite character. <laughs> Matt. Um. Yeah, I mean, I know she's had a long history. I knew a lot of her history before all this stuff. Obviously, I've never seen it portrayed any well, <laughs> portrayed or portrayed that well in any of the things as we kind of talked about. As far as the movie, I mean, we're gonna go see it. It's gonna, I mean, look cool. I just like individual Lily, because I can't pronounce her name Evangeline either. Evangeline Lily. Evangeline. Yep. It's not that hard. Oh, I know she can shoot a bow. <laughs> you just like if she's an elf. She's a great elf. She's is she though? Elf. She actually is. She's probably one of the better parts of that movie. <laughs> I'm, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> I was like, do not argue right here with this now. <laughs> it's like your muscles. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we're going to go see the movie. I mean, it's probably going to be cool, be enjoyable. I still don't like that they, as I've kind of, if you haven't got the point, I still don't like that they shied away from this. I am kind of hoping to see what they do, interestingly enough, with Hank, if they are, since they obviously haven't touched on it, if there will be any backstory, since we know Michelle Pfeiffer will be in this movie as Wasp, or the original Wasp and whatnot. Maybe they'll redeem him or whatnot. I don't really know, only because if I have to watch other characters quote-unquote ruined or do whatever they want with them, why can't we just redeem one at this point? I mean, you can watch the first Ant-Man movie where they kind of give you flashbacks to his life and pretty much redeem him. Well, I, yeah, but... Boom! 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 Everything you asked for, right there. They redeem him. Done. As a big fan of Ultron, and a fan of Ultron, I cannot do this. Forever bitter about Ultron. <laughs> Ultron was right. Oh my god, man. Oh, It took him five minutes of the internet to realize. I don't think he was right, but I can understand <laughs> how he came to that conclusion after being given the internet. I wake up every day and hop on Twitter, and I'm like, Ultron, where are you, buddy? <laughs> but anyways, uh, but no, I am a big fan of Ultron, and so that kind of hurts me. Kind of like how uh, Ash has problems with um, what they've done somewhere with the, the Wasp and whatnot. 
the disappointment can hurt a little bit, but you do move on, and it is this. They didn't ruin my childhood, just my adulthood. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying for now. hours of my life watching yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't understand people you ruined my childhood. No, they ruined your adulthood, dude, not your childhood. Your childhood was fine. They took your movie ticket money. That's it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyways, but no, I am excited. I do like to see where they're going to go with, uh, obviously, as he said, the pseudo made up character of Hope. It looks like it's going to be pretty good. Um, obviously, there's going to be a lot pending on this movie, as much as they're going to have it all disconnected, because between S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Infinity War coming off that, they have to obviously address it and what happened. Apparently, it ties in directly to Avengers 4 somehow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It has to all come down because it's basically... I have my theories. Yeah. But anyway, not getting into that. Um, I hope it's good. I think it's going to be cool to see what they do with the Wasp. It was... I, I want to say... I want to say it was surprising they didn't have her till then, but then again, I also want to say it's not that surprising. No, it's not yeah. that surprising. No. <laughs> like I wanted to tell myself it was because I knew she was like uh, yeah. named him and everything, but then I'm also like, it really wasn't. Given what they could have done, yes, it's surprising. Given the actuality of the people making the decisions, no, it's not surprising. <laughs> and I hope, I, well, one more thing. I just hope they treat her and everybody loves her as much as what she deserves at this point, considering we have to go with side characters that people are propping up that are good, but they're making them probably, in my opinion, more than better than what they are, yeah. when Wash at this point should be a main. Yeah, no, that's that's. If I have that's to listen really for all point. your side characters be like, oh, they need solo. Like, no, no, no. Let's get Wasp. the Wasp yeah. get something first before we're worrying about side characters that you're propping up higher than they probably should be. Yeah, like, I yeah. love Scarlet Witch, but the Wasp deserves a movie more than Scarlet yeah, Witch. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this I love Valkyrie and Gamora. I will take a Wasp movie before those yeah, two. Yeah, not that I don't like these characters, but like, I've, you're propping up all these side characters that I'm like, I don't even know if you could hold your own on the side of your thing. Yeah. She can. And with the history and everything, she should. I rest my case, Your Honor. <laughs> Well, it's not Hank. But, I mean, as bad as it is, I find Hank more fascinating than the Wasp does in general just because being the scientist and his role of not wanting to be a hero slash what happened to him slash breakdown slash mental problems slash everything else. So. It's understandable. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. That, and that's all I ever think about, unfortunately, is that sad pew, pew, I'm a gnat flying around. Don't worry, guys. I got the distraction. She pew, is pew. a wasp flying around, Matt. She literally goes pew pew in their face. They go, oh, get off me, insect. And why everybody else does everything. Like you would to a wasp if it was starting to sting you. you she 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 is there to play her role on the team. She is a support role and she knows that. <laughs> She's there to distract so Thor can smack him in the face with a hammer. Like she knows her play. You might as well grab a bag of wasps and run out there and just throw the bag at him. <laughs> she and can that... control wasps. She has telepathic control with wasps. Yes. They um, are so dirty. But anyways, um, go ahead. For me, like I said, the Wasp is my favorite Marvel character. It's a character that means a lot to me personally. Just through, I mean, having that character in my life at certain points when I kind of desperately needed it, reading those comics. Um, what's I'll get personal for a second here. The Wasp was one of the characters. So my mom died when I was when I was pretty young, and how I kind of coped with that was comic books, and specifically what I read a lot of was those Avengers issues with Wasp and when she was leading the team. Um, so I'll, I'll always have that association as like this character that helped me get through this immensely difficult time in my life. Um, and other than that, she's just a fantastic character who I've set up, I, like I said, I've been in love with for basically my entire life. And she, she represents resiliency. She represents supporting women. Um, she's, she's friends with a lot of the other female Avengers. She has their backs. She's willing to help them out whenever they need it through whatever circumstances going on. 
Um, she mentors Nadia Van Dyne in the uh, Unstoppable Wasp. She's just an all-around amazing character who's who's kind and compassionate and resilient and passionate about fashion. And that's, uh, like I said, one of the things I love about it the most because she take because she doesn't let her life be defined by the fact that she's a superhero. She's a superhero while also being an awesome fashion designer. And she even integrates that fashion designer stuff into her superhero in life. She's just an all-around amazing character who I, I really love and I can't wait to see... Uh, in a movie in a couple of days here, so. Which I totally agree. Like fashion is a superpower. Oh my god, man! And it is a great superpower if you have it, and if you have it, you know you have it, and you usually own it. And if you had it, you would have asked for the Thor Ragnarok haircut. I do not have it, unfortunately. <laughs> but if I did, yes. I have a Janet Van Dyne haircut. Nice. Here's, here's, here's another weird story about how Janet Van Dyne has had an impact on my life. Sorry, I'll try to be as brief as I can. I got this haircut when I was 15, and I went to school the next day and got immediately made fun of for it. And I was super depressed about it, and I'm like, oh, it's going to take forever to grow back. And then I saw, specifically, it's Avengers number 71 from, I think, 1998. And it's this beautiful image of the wasp with the exact same haircut that I had. And it Aww. made me feel almost immense, like immediately better about it. Because I was really just going cool. through comics and I saw that and I was like, actually, I really like this. I kind of look like Janet Van Dyne. That's awesome. So, also, Van Dyne is totally a fashion name. Yeah. It's an heiress name because yeah. she's, she's an heiress. So yeah. a fashion name. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. I love talking about the Wasp whenever I can. <laughs> As so all of my blogs on the website will let you know. <laughs> In the coming month, expect many a blog. Oh, yeah. Uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Uh, you can find me on the Skyhoppers podcast, uh, and the, which is at SW Skyhoppers on Twitter, the Starships podcast, and the Safari Zone, uh, which is a Pokemon podcast. Uh, and you can find that at butwhythepodcast.com. Uh, yeah. And, um, and you can occasionally find some of my ranting about the Wasp and other Marvel heroes and stuff on butwhythepodcast.com also. Thank you so much, Ash. Uh, and as always, make sure that you rate and review. Rate your, yeah. As always, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to. Those reviews really, really help us out. And uh, you can find us at But Why the PC on Twitter, and you can find me at Oh My Myth Randier on Twitter and Matt or Adrian. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z 93. Thank you so much, Ash, for giving me so much knowledge about the Wasp that I will keep forever. Oh, you're very welcome. Matt? Uh, you can find me in the microverse. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ash, what type of music do you want to go out to? What was Pick that? Song. What uh, song do you want to exit the show with? The Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes theme. Why not? I can do that. Awesome. Uh, stop. Our world's about